Welcome to Soccer Morning. Here's your host, Jason Davis. Good morning, everybody. We are back on the air. Soccer Morning, backyo.com. Thank you for listening to the program today. A big one for you um, over the next hour and change. Champions League happened in Europe yesterday. Champions League is, ha- is happening in Europe today. And we will discuss said Champions League things with our friend Janusz Mahalik from ESPN and other places in just a couple of minutes. We'll talk Manchester City advancing, Atletico Madrid going through on penalties, Arsenal and whether or not they have a shot at all. Obviously, Juve visiting Bayern Munich tied 2-2 on aggregate. All of that on tap with Janusz Mahalik, plus whatever else we have time for. Should it be MLS, the Premier League, or something else? We have a, a lot of news to get to as well and not much time to do it in, so we shall uh, dive into that. Although, of course, I have to note that we will take your phone calls post Giannis Mahalik, as always, so make sure you're ready for that. Let's start in the Champions League yesterday. Manchester City plays to a goalless home draw with Dynamo Kiev and advances to the, quarter, uh, to the quarterfinals. Excuse me, 3-1 on aggregate. City lost both of their center backs in the first half to injury. Vincent Company could miss a month with his calf injury. I believe Otamendi may come back in time uh, to play on the weekend. I'm not sure what the status is of um, of that player, but again, Vincent Company so crucial to what City does defensively could miss a month. Atletico Madrid moving past PSV Eindhoven, eight seven on penalties after the two teams played 210 minutes of goalless soccer. That is the right amount, right? 220 minutes of. No, 210 minutes of goal of soccer. <laughs> it's 180 minutes plus 30 minutes, and then you go to penalties. There we are. So Atleti threw, uh, despite being goal shy. Today, Barcelona hosting Arsenal, up 2-0 on aggregate, but Messi scored both goals in the away leg at the Emirates, and Gerard Piquet will miss out for Barcelona today due to yellow card accumulation. Bayern, uh, Bayern Munich and Juventus play at the Allianz Arena, tied 2-2 on aggregate. Juve will be without Paulo Dybala and Claudio Marchisio due to injury. So a blow to Juve's chances, and they have to win at uh, at uh, uh, Bayern Munich in order to advance in this tournament. FIFA has admitted to bribery. That is not surprising. Let me rephrase that, though. FIFA has admitted that bribery, bribery was used to secure votes in past World Cup bids. FIFA is currently seeking restitution of tens of millions of dollars taken by corrupt officials. They have filed... This request with the U.S. Department of Justice. This is the quote from Johnny Infantino, the new FIFA president. The convicted defendants abused the positions of trust they held at FIFA and other, other international football organizations and caused serious and lasting damage to FIFA. The monies they pocketed belonged to global football and were meant for the development and promotion of the game. FIFA, as the world governing body of football, wants that money back and we are determined to get it no matter how long it takes. These dollars were meant to build football fields, not mansions and pools, to buy football kits, not jewelry and cars, and to fund youth player and coach development, not to underwrite lavish lifestyles for football and sports marketing executives. Among the officials to be uh, sued for their ill-gotten money include CONCACAF contingent of Chuck Blazer, Jack Warner, and Jeffrey Webb. No surprise there. Despite the evidence of money for votes in past bids, FIFA does not plan to re-vote on the bids for 2018 or 2022 so you can uh, put that excitement back in your pocket if you thought maybe this might lead to a re-vote on the Qatari World Cup um, at a potential U.S. 
uh, bid to host that tournament. They uh, may have to wait until 2026 at the earliest. Cretro and Tigres played to a goalless draw in the first leg of their CONCACAF Champions League semifinal tie last night. Tigres dominating posi- possession, but Cretro with more shots, forcing three saves from Tigres keeper Nahul Guzman. Tigres star Jurgen Dom was forced to leave the match with an injury in the 10th minute, so that's worth uh, watching, see what his prognosis is. Santos hosts Club America in the first leg of the other CONCACAF Champions League semi tonight. So uh, not a lot of action in that first semifinal. We'll see if there is in the game between Santos and Club America this evening. Brazilian superstar Neymar says he is cur- he currently has no interest in leaving Barcelona because he is playing alongside the best players in the world in Luis Suarez and Lionel Messi. Quote, I think the most important thing in football is to play alongside good players, and I believe that those here are the best. I'm happy at Barcelona. It's a team where I feel at home. My teammates leave me very relaxed about everything. I don't see myself leaving Barcelona. Asked if he was closer to Messi or Suarez, he replied, with both. Cop out. Come on, Neymar. I've spent more time with Messi than Suarez came. We also have a very close relationship. We're always joking at training and outside, too. We have a very close affinity. And the word affinity being used there indicates that, yes, this is a translated quote. Of course. What a, what, what English speaker uses the word affinity? Nobody. Reports say that Bayern Munich manager Pep Guardiola will, quote, not be allowed to sign Bayern players when he makes his move to Manchester City this summer. Rumors have linked a number of Bayern players to City, including Thiago Alcantara, Manuel Neuer, David Alaba. Bayern is currently negotiating a contract extension with Alaba, so I expect that to be done. Interesting that he says he will not be allowed. What does that mean exactly? That Bayern Munich is going to step up and prevent him from signing any Bayern players once he moves to City? We know that in the modern game, players have the power. If any of these players want to jump to City, I'm sure someone will be able to force Bayern Munich's hands. All right, so we've set the stage. We talked uh, Champions League, the results yesterday. Two games today on tap. We'll get to our friend Janis Mahalik. He's going to break it all down for us. We'll talk Arsene Wenger. Hottest topic in football right now is whether or not Arsene Wenger sucks, is terrible, should retire, step aside, quit. I don't know. When we come back, that's the discussion. Yanis Mahalik, Soccer Morning, Backheel.com. Stay right there. Welcome to Soccer Morning. Here's your host, Jason Davis. All right, we are back on Soccer Morning. It's uh, it's a Champions League week. We are the round of 16 in the Champions League over there in Europe. And we had a couple of games yesterday that determined uh, quarterfinal qualifiers. And we've got two games today uh, that will determine two more. And to go over that, and plus uh, whatever else comes up, Janusz Mahalik from ESPN and other, other places uh, joins us now. Hi, Janusz. How are you? How's it going, Jason? Uh, more football, huh? I mean, it's, it, the market's so saturated, it's crazy. I mean, it's just games every day from morning till night. It's uh-huh. crazy. Uh, it is. Uh, you, you wonder when, when, I mean, you never can have too much, I suppose, and you and I have chosen to make this our vocation, so of course we want as much as possible. 
Uh, but you can only work so much into your life, Ganesh. Anyway. Yeah, no, no, you know, I mean, you're right. I mean, you know, it's, it's funny because I have to tell you this. You know, often I read your tweets and there, there's some areas where we really think alike. Uh, uh, and I don't know if you're leading with this, and I don't want to take any time on that oversaturation, but it, but it, it is happening. You know, we're happy. We're begging for more football when I first came here and, you know, it was great. But. Uh, I, I think there's almost too much, too much uh, mm. soccer. I, I really, I, I really am. I, are you surprised about some of these numbers with MLS in terms of TV and all that stuff? Yeah. Uh, uh, look, yeah. I, I'm telling you, uh, for you and I, not a problem. For everyday person, you have to make some choices, and I think we're starting to see that. Maybe it's a maturation on our part that we pick the, you know, we pick and choose what we can watch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I you know, uh, again, this is not where we were going to go. And we'll talk to you. No, 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 we're not. Sorry no, 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 it's okay. Because, I, you know, it, it's definitely something worth talking about maybe in the future. And it does, you know, I, I don't like to make excuses for anything that's happening here. These are, you know, MLS and NASL and, and, and everybody involved, U.S. soccer, everybody involved here has an obligation to do their best and try to make their particular areas as popular and as successful as possible. That's on them. But when you're going up against the best football in the world on television day in and day out, it's going to be difficult. Uh, the, the, the consensus that the best football in the world is the Champions League is, um, uh, pretty unchallenged, uh, Janish, And we, we, we are in the midst of the round of 16. A couple of games yesterday. We'll just, we'll start there because I'm a chronological kind of guy before we come to the interesting storylines today. Manchester City advancing, not, not in the most impressive fashion and more troublingly, losing both of their center halves in the first half of that match. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it looks like, <clears throat> I'm sorry, Otamendi is going to be probably short-term, hopefully, uh, with the Manchester Derby, um, you know, hopefully for City, he'll be back uh, for that. But, you know, I mean, the game was decided in the first leg. There really isn't too much to say other than the fact that, you know, City will be happy to 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 progress because, you know, that's a progress in itself, right, in terms of their, um, you know, what they want to do in Champions League. But, but uh, I would have to imagine the way they're playing right now, regardless of injuries. I mean, uh, I think City, in a way, there isn't a team that's left that will be afraid of Manchester City. So uh, I don't know if that's a big statement or not, but it's the truth. I mean, there's nothing special about this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, for them, I guess, I mean, it's such an odd season um, in England for City. Uh, it's such an odd situation for, for Pellegrini to be a lame duck manager uh injuries have been you know a concern for them they, they've certainly underperformed according to their their, their uh their payroll Janish. And, but for city every advance in the champions league is is sort of you know validation on some level now now i don't think they're going to win it uh you don't obviously you don't think they're good enough to win it no one as you said is going to be afraid of them necessarily and, and yet they just have to go step by step here uh, absolutely, and they'll be happy with that because you know uh, Pep is coming, and he he's going to make them better. There's no two ways about it. Of course, it's going to be turned over, but I mean, you know, if you Pep and you look at this, it's progress. Uh, they're they're nowhere near the levels they should be, and you know, the top four in England, uh, I mean, it's just a disaster. Uh, you know, uh, so it's not just them. 
Uh, so Pep will be looking uh, towards, you know, whatever you can get this year, there's certainly a level uh, that he can improve this team. I think his job was much harder at Bayern Munich, of course, uh, as we know it, right, because he's coming on the back of a, a, a treble and nearly a perfect team uh, that he came into. Uh, coming into this, you'd have to imagine, you know, regardless how far they get here, it, it, it's somewhere where Pep is going to say, well, there's a, there's room to work here, and, and he's going to make that team better. Yeah, it's, um, it, you know, it's a, it's, it's a matter of the draw coming up in the quarterfinals, so we'll wait to see what City ends up with. Uh, but they do advance past uh, Dynamo Kiev, which that was a relatively uh, comfortable draw for City. Um, Atletico Madrid got themselves something of a comfortable draw, at least on paper. I mean, no one had PSV Eindhoven going very deep uh, in the knockout rounds, Janish. Uh, but it took uh, it, it took penalties for Atleti to advance. But at the same time, um, this is probably the one elite club in the world who is not going to apologize at all for having to go to penalties after a goalless uh, tie uh, to, in this tournament. Of course. I mean, you know, they've done it last season, right? It wasn't against uh, uh, Leverkusen. You know, speaking of uh, uncomfortable, right? If, you know, if... If one thinks, I just made a statement that City, you know, other teams may be comfortable with Manchester City more so than Atletico Madrid, right? I mean, who would have thought that? And and look, it's a great recognition of what they have. Uh, that's why Simone is a great manager. Uh, he's never had a problem in terms of scoring goals. Look at some of the strikers that came in before him uh, at Atletico Madrid and even during his time, right? I mean, that's one thing that they've never had a problem with. And they continue to do that. I mean, they can't score for the life of them. So what do you do? Uh, you defend, and that's something that's near and dear of 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 the setup or what Simeone is about. Not necessarily defend, uh, but defend well. Uh, know how to be organized, and 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 uh, you saw yesterday, Jan uh, yeah, Oblak, what 25 uh, clean sheets in all competitions uh, right now, and obviously, you know, that's due to 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 what's in front of him as well. Uh, other than the fact that he's an excellent young goalkeeper, uh, so uh, so this is absolutely absolutely impressive. And and again, I mean, imagine trying to to, to solve that problem. So uh, um, yeah, that's going to be one of the most uncomfortable opposition one could uh, wish for. Well, I mean, okay, we and we haven't obviously we haven't established all of our uh, all of the quarter finalists yet, uh, Janish. But if you if you had to imagine who. Who would be most um, distressed uh, about being drawn against uh, Atleti in the next round? I mean, it, would it be would, would it be one of the Spanish other Spanish teams? Just because those 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 ties always seem to be as intense and dramatic as possible. Uh, yes, I mean, I don't think Real Madrid uh, would would be looking forward to that. Uh, uh, no questions. Barcelona has proven this season already on, on, on both occasions that that's not a problem. I mean, it, that in itself, I mean, it's, you know, it's like it's it's like La Liga, right? So I mean, uh, they obviously won't want them. Uh, yeah. uh, but you know, if you, if you Barcelona, you take Atleti over over Bayern Munich, uh, uh, let's say for sure. So uh, yeah, I think Real Madrid is not going to look forward to it. Manchester City is not going to look for it. Again, this is a team that I'm telling you, I mean, it's a grind of all grinds, and, and you look at the atmosphere in that stadium, I mean, at this stage, obviously, you're not going to be too choosy, but uh, look, I mean, uh, who who else is there? I forget about Benfica, I suppose, so yeah. maybe Benfica you wish for first, and after that, uh, wow, I mean, this is going to be something. I think the level of play, uh, Jason, right now, uh, it's pretty good in the Champions League, you do, know, bar yesterday in those two nil-nil draws. Right, do, do you, I mean, look, we're giving, we're heaping praise upon Atleti, this is partly their their identity, again, this is not a, uh, this is not a side that's going to apologize for, for getting the job done no matter how they do it, 
Um, but is there something to be said about about uh, PSV and and you know the, the pushing Atleti to the brink and et cetera and so forth? I mean, you know, again, this is not this is not an era in which the Dutch sides are very fancy to do anything. Uh, absolutely, and then you know, if that Super League that you and I talked about last time, I believe uh, just a little bit, it's you know we're not going to see teams like that. So yes, I mean, look, if you watch the the first you know twenty five thirty minutes, I mean PSV were absolutely outstanding. Uh, uh, but you know, after that, that's what I mean. I mean, teams like Atleti grind you down. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it, it's in so many ways. Sometimes it's better to play against the likes of PSG or or, or Barcelona or Real Madrid because you know there's going to be an opening. You know that there's a thirst for uh, going forward, and if you're smart enough, uh, you know you, you you may exploit that. Uh, Atletico Madrid won't give you anything, and I and I suspect if anything right now, uh, they're going to be even uh, more difficult to 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 beat because you look at that, that lineup and you're saying to yourself if you see me on is uh, I'm going to have to be even more you know I don't want to say negative because I don't necessarily think that's what Atleti are but uh, it's business end of the season right now and I just think that you, you're really going to be have to smart, be smart and extremely uh, disciplined in order to get through Atleti. Can you can you maybe shed some light on on what Simeone does Tactically speaking, I mean, uh, you know, I read a lot about Atleti's being Atleti as being a, a flexible side, but obviously that flexibility is built to to focus on on preventing goals first. I would imagine. I mean, if they if they can go forward, of course they they will, but they also need someone who's going to to play open with them in order for them to to be more uh, aggressive at, uh, attacking or you know to to have more success on the attacking end because I don't think breaking teams that are bunkered in is Atleti's forte. Yeah, I think it's uh, execution and accountability. And and it's a little bit of a fear I think from players uh uh, uh that Simone brings. You know what I mean? Because in order to execute, uh, I mean, you always take uh, a play or two off during a game as a player. Not on purpose, of course, but if you see how, uh, you know, what Simeone does on the sideline, right? He's not really even out. He doesn't sit there. He tells player what to, what to do. And you have that blueprint. And, and when I say accountability, I think if you don't do it once, uh, I don't know if there's twice in, in his book, uh, you're just not going to be there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that can be accomplished uh, uh, through a little bit of a fear. So he's that sort of a manager that deep down you know that there is a you know that blue that tactical blueprint you know like you said there is flexib flexibility in there but there really isn't players know exactly what's going to happen if they don't execute which brings us to a point maybe a little bit later because i know you want to talk about arsene wenger so remind me when we get there mm -hmm. <laughs> because i think that that doesn't exist at arsenal for example mm -hmm. that accountability does not exist so so, you know, it's 11, 11 players that may, don't have to be the best, but they know what the plan is. If it's not executed, they're no longer part of that plan. Mm. All right, so uh, Atletico Madrid advancing past PSV on, on penalties. Um, you know, I, 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 was, I was in the middle of a couple of different things trying to multitask yesterday, Janish, yeah. and this goes back to the, you know, there's just so much football and jamming it into our lives. Uh, especially when it happens in the afternoon, uh, and it's a little bit later than normal because of the time right. change. Uh, the the penalty shootout itself, um, you know, so much talk about it's 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 a matter of luck. It's it's you know fine margins here or there. It's it's obviously not a rep representation of who was better over the course of the entire you know two hundred and ten minutes of soccer. So. You know, I suppose it's a fair result that Letty moves on past PSV. Certainly, mm -hmm. more shots, more chances created. 
but what you know what do you what what was the the very difference there and you know eight seven that that you know we were going into sort of sudden death penalties at that point yeah i mean you know we've all been part of that it's just a little bit of nerves controlling narcissism of course coming as a substitute uh i mean you know there, there is no answer there you know people say well don't say it's a lottery because it's a skill of course it's a skill right i mean it's not easy it's not easy to put that in the back of the net. You know, I, I still think the goalkeeper gets the benefit of the doubt. There's less pressure there, uh, in, uh, you know, for the goalkeeper. And look at Oblak. You know how I feel about uh, about him because I've talked about it, not just because of yesterday. I think this is a goalkeeper that, if I'm a manager, I mean, he's number one or number two now. Uh, uh, that would spend I would spend just about any money on it. And I'm not including the hairs, you know, because it's harder to move them. Uh, you know, knowing Atleti being a, a selling club, I, I would almost spend any money on that. You know what I mean? And you be, you build that core. Uh, but he wasn't great at this. You know, he was going one way. You, you know, he was off his line as they all are. So, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say anything because it, it's it, there, there's, I mean, there's a skill involved, but there's a lot of luck involved as well. And you could see that both sets of players were absolutely excellent up until that eighth one and and you know that's what happens somebody somebody you know has to miss somebody has you know doesn't hold their nerves and that was the case you know looking at that run-up uh, perhaps you, you saw a nervous uh, psv player all right let's uh let's move on to today's uh games the uh the final matches the quarterfinal round uh sorry the round of 16 we'll get to the quarterfinal um uh matchups when the, the draw happens Bayern Munich, uh, Juventus. I, mean, I think we're going to spend most of our time here on the re- the rest of this on Barcelona Arsenal, uh, or, or, or we're going to spend some time on Arsene Wenger. Rather, certainly the the tie that still has something left in it is Bayern Munich hosting Juventus. But two away goals for Bayern, not not a done deal yet, Janish, and and injuries to Juve sort of make it even more tipped in that direction. But they do have to play this out. Yeah, I mean, you know, as I said, this is this is going to be interesting. But I mean, the news aren't great, right? Mandzukic now falls out of that. Uh, not not Mandzukic, but Dybala's out of this. Uh, uh, Claudio Marchisio, which is massive. I yes. mean, you know, for him, yeah. the way he's been playing, and and look. Sturado, actually, I, I really, really like. He's a young player that I can, I think, can do the job defensively. Uh, I just think, in terms of uh, making the game the distribution, especially uh, uh, from the midfield, uh, he certainly is not Claudio Marchisio just yet. Uh, you know, we've uh, uh, Adam Digby, who's a friend of Sirius, has been on the show this morning, and you know, I, I talk to him very often. Uh, he mentions Paul, Paul Pogba, and 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 he's going to have to have a huge game, and I agree with him. I mean, we've raved about. About Paul Pogba, perhaps last year and the year before, uh, I don't think he's had a great season. Uh, I think he's right that he's going to have to prove not just in this game, but in general, because you know one game it's difficult. You go into Bayern Munich, uh, uh, you know if Paul Pogba doesn't have a great game, that doesn't make him a bad player. But I think if he's going to be considered one of the best in the future, uh, the, the, you know these are the games that he's going to have to make the difference. Chiellini continues to be a huge miss because I think tactically he changes everything. You know with with uh, Juventus is liking to go uh, to three in the back within games sometimes and maybe to start games, although I think before in the back today. So, uh, you know, I feel less comfortable about Juve because even Mandzukic is a little bit of a doubt. And, of course, you know how important that game is to him coming back to Bayern Munich. Yeah. I do believe yeah. he will play, but, you know, those are massive losses. I mean, even club, you know, even a club like Juve, who still has plenty to go to, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm not as comfortable about Juve progressing as I was, uh, to, you know, after the first leg. Uh, yeah, how do you imagine that Pep will play this? Because, um, again, uh, you know, they're 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 at home. You would imagine he'd want to 
to to to let the you know to let his guys loose to let them play um, and actually go after Juve. But it, it, with that again with the with the two away goals uh, and and the the aggregate tied, there's really not you don't have they don't have to do a lot to win. Uh, well, but Pep doesn't know any better. There's only one way to play and, uh, right. for Pep Guardiola. We've seen it in Barcelona, we've seen it by Munich, and we, we're going to see it in Manchester City. And that is to attack, to possess the ball, and to make sure that uh, uh, you know that you put the uh, opponent as quickly as possible. We saw a little bit of that at Juventus. One would think that you go to Juventus and, and you may be cagey just a little bit. You know, I don't even know if cagey is in the vocabulary of Pep Guardiola, but I don't see any difference. They're going to go in the first 15 minutes. They're going to high-press uh, Juventus uh, even more so than they have uh, 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 in the first leg. And, and yes, you know, they were 2-0 two, two up in the first leg, and Juventus found a way. So even scoring early here, Jason, doesn't mean much. Yeah. But I, yeah. I suspect that there's going to be nonstop pressure from Bayern Munich. All right. So, uh, I mean, uh, by, as you said, Bayern Munich knows how to play one way because Pep Guardiola likes to play. Uh, one, one way. Uh, and this is, you know, the, the referendum on Pep's tenure at Bayern Munich is, is all about this Champions League tournament. Um, for all the, the, the speculation that may, well, okay, I'll let you fill in yes, the gap. Yes, yes and no. Okay. I think you're right to some degree. And there's going to be, mu- you know, there's going to be much talked about, uh, especially, um, you know, if Bayern Munich doesn't win this, but but remember this, of course, if he doesn't win it on paper, you look at uh, you know what, what was done previously, as I mentioned, um, uh, with you paying his the, the treble, and it was a perfect machine, right? I mean, it was a different different machine, but it was a perfect machine. But I would I would tell you as a player, and I think you've seen this. If not, maybe take a look at this, and maybe the listeners can can really look. All the players. Recently, previously, not just now because we know that uh, that he's leaving, but every one of them has said how much how much better they are as players, right? Yeah. And they all are out there protecting him, right? Just Thomas Muller said he doesn't care, it doesn't change what what Pep does if you know on his off days. Uh, uh, you know, Alaba has said how much better he's made him. Every player, uh, you know, goes out of their way to say how great of a manager he has been. And I think that's important because, uh, because you know, I remember the conversation when Pep was hired and the idea was, was for Pep not only to win, you know, now, which is obvious for a club like Bayern, but put them in a position to be better in the next five years, whoever takes over, to make the players better. And, and I think he has done that. I think it will be short-sighted for us to say if Bayern, you know, and that's exactly what's going to happen, right? Yeah. Everyone's going to hammer Pep Guardiola and Bayern Munich. And they'll be right to do that, uh, you know, by, for results only. But I, I think he's made those players better. That's what he does. He cares. I don't think he coaches just to win trophies. He's won plenty. If he doesn't win another trophy, we're still going to, you know, remember him as a great manager, uh, I suppose. But yeah. he makes players better. He does. Well, just- you know, when you, when you win a lot of things, Giannis, it gives you the freedom to to sort of raise your mentality to the higher minded notion of playing beautiful football and, 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 you know, as you said, you know, improving, I'm mean, certainly Alaba is the perfect example of a player that Pep Guardiola molded into one of the world's best when he wasn't, when, when, when Guardiola arrived and there was a position switch there and, and all those things. Um, uh, I, I do, I, right, I'll do this. I'll, I'll ask you this question before we move on to, to Barcelona and Arsenal. The, the word is, is out that Pep is going to not be allowed to sign Bayern players at, at City, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, first of all, do you think that's even possible? I mean, it, it, Bayern Munich can warn Pep off of those players all he wants. If City comes in and makes offers 
and those players want to go and follow Pep Guardiola, eventually the numbers will get high enough that Bayern will do it. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I think Pep Guardiola will be conscious of the fact that it's not going to happen right away. He's going to try because why not? You're right, right? You know, what's that saying? Who said it? You know, somebody comes in to get your, you know, your house, blah, 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 and gives you three times the money, you know, right? You're going to sell it. And, <laughs> going, and I absolutely. think that's going to be the case uh, yeah. uh, with Bayern Munich. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen right away. You know, we've seen it with Thiago Alcantara. You know, I don't know if if it's an indication. I, you know, not that Barcelona couldn't use him, but they still have plenty. Uh, uh, you know, obviously we know how he feels about Alaba, Kimish uh, uh, lately. Some of the younger players that can uh, that can play, but I don't foresee anything happening uh, right away. But but yeah, I don't buy into any of that. I I've always been the one thinking that if the price is right, everyone will sell. And you know, and 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 at the moment, I think Leo Messi is the only exception. All right, so uh, uh, we'll see again what happens with Bayern Munich and Juve today. So the last uh, the last round of sixteen match on the docket is Barcelona hosting Arsenal uh, up two nothing on aggregate. Uh, obviously, two away goals at the Emirates. Messi scoring both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this seems like a foregone conclusion. At least most of the football world is is treating it as such, Yanish, for good reason. And so the focus is not necessarily on can Arsenal overturn this deficit or you know not even how many will Barcelona score or what the final number will be but is Arsene Wenger's time up and this obviously relates to the weekend as well Arsenal has sort of fallen flat in their attempt to to win a Premier League title the Champions League looks like it's done as of the end of this game today they're out of the FA Cup now where they were two-time defending champions what 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 do you make of the situation at Arsenal? Well, the situation hasn't changed. I mean, responsibility lies with Arsene Wenger. There's no questions about that. I mean, he, he's the boss. And, and, you know, to give him credit on one hand, he puts Arsenal in a position to be competitive, right? You know, how many clubs do not do that? So he's got to get credit for that because it can be a lot worse. Look at how many big clubs are out there flailing, be it financially or the level of play has dropped. So if you look at the consistency of you know, I don't know if excellence, uh, you know, consistency of how well Arsenal has done over the years, I think he needs to get credit. And obviously he needs to find a way to get over that. And, you know, some of it is stubbornness. Some of it is perhaps uh, uh, unwillingness to change a little bit. And somebody has to hold him account- uh, you know, accountable. I've, I've spoken about accountability because I think to me that's one of his faults. It really is uh, because his players feel safe. When you feel safe, you can still perform at the highest level. Uh, but, you, you know, if you know you're not coming out of that lineup for the most part, um, you know, you're going to be okay with just playing okay. And that's not good enough at that level. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's the biggest problem because there, there is no accountability. Same players continue to play all the time. There's some rotation here and there, but I don't necessarily think that rotation is because you're playing well or you're not playing well, right? I mean, look at look at Campbell. I mean, Campbell's been out of the lineup, in and out of the lineup, even though he's performed tremendously. Yet others, uh, you know, say like Theo Walcott and Ox, who for me under Arsene Wenger have not gotten better, uh, continue to get to get the opportunity. So I think that's part of the problem. There isn't that little bit of a fear factor that every player has to have in, or, in order to get better. You know, that Simeone effect that I've mentioned, you know, you have to fear your manager at times because it does make you better. 
you know, it, it, you know, it doesn't work with every player because, you know, if you play with fear, you know, you're not always at your best. But you know what I mean. You've got to know that if today you don't, don't perform, tomorrow you're not going to be in the starting 11. And I don't think that's the case. And that's his biggest problem, not to mention that, uh, you know, he's not being fl- flexible with his lineup. It's more the same. So on one hand, he's put Arsenal in a position to win, say, two FA Cup, which is something. Uh, and they've always been in a position to challenge for the Premier League and have been in the Champions League uh, every year for God knows how many years right now. So that that is an accomplishment. You know, I mean, we can hammer him all we want, but it is an accomplishment. But but he's missing. I think he's just uh, you know too often uh, a little bit too nice. I mean, that, that's I've actually said that before, maybe not as eloquently as you just did, Janish. And to me, it's sort of in relief, Arsene Wenger, as compared to even the Pep Guardiola's of the world, certainly Jose Mourinho, certainly Diego Simeone, certainly, um, you know, some of the other names that are, are moving around in elite circles these days. Uh, he just doesn't seem to fit the mold of the modern manager and and. and it's not necessarily his fault, but I feel, I don't know. I don't know whether to feel bad for Arsene Wenger or to say, look, if you really want to be great at your craft, you have to adapt to the times. Uh, yes, I, I do. And, and, of course, we don't know that. But if you look at you know somebody like Pep Guardiola, he makes players better. That's the job to the manager, we say, right? Uh, but, you know, there, and, and I want to be careful here. So that, that's not what I'm going to call him. But, I mean, there, there are a lot of lazy managers out there, right? I mean, they don't spend the time individually in, in trying to change players. I'm not in the training, uh, at the training ground. I don't know exactly what happens there. But I just wonder how much of the time he still puts in individually uh, uh, making the plan to win and really uh, to assess the opposition personally, not just with other managers, but really try to see, okay, yeah. who are the players that need to get better? I, I just don't think that's happening here. Uh, but the bottom line is, you know, if he doesn't make players accountable, which I don't think he does, you have to look at the fact who's making Arsene Wenger accountable, right? Mm. And that's a problem because nobody does. So I'm not saying that you know, doing that says, well, if you don't do this, you're gone. But I think he needs to feel pressure from above to know that if he doesn't perform, it may happen. That it's not always on his terms because the way it is, he pretty much does run the club and he's going to leave on his terms. And, and if someone you know, was to put pressure on him, Maybe, maybe he'd feel it. Maybe that would change. Okay, I, I, I don't disagree with that, but everything is relative, um, especially in this sort of environment that we live in now. And, and while I agree with you that he probably needs to feel the pressure from above, at the same time, I'm going to lament the way Roman Abramovich runs his club. Or, in some ways, the, the, the ways that Manchester City operates with, uh, with turning over managers in a bid to find that one guy who can, finally put it all together for this club that has spent billions of pounds trying to get there. So, so I don't know. Can I, can we at the same time say, well, I don't necessarily like how money has taken over everything and, and there is a, an enormous amount of, of pressure and the, uh, the elite clubs of the world do seem to be soulless these days mm-hmm. and also say that Arsene Wenger needs to, to be subject to more pressure. Well, yeah, I mean, you make a great point. That's why, that's why I, you know, I mean, it would be easy for me to just go out there and hammer it, 
and maybe it should be, uh, uh, but I can appreciate what he's doing for the club and what he's done for the club because, yeah, I mean, there's a real danger of, of doing that because they are businesses. I think he's ran the club tremendously well. He's put Arsenal in position to be, uh, I still think, a, a dominant force for, ne- for you know, next decade or so, right? And, and you're right. I mean, who knows if somebody else comes in and starts to spend money like everybody wants and buys the wrong players, right? I mean, how many teams uh, have we seen that? spending over and over. Look at Manchester United. I mean, yeah, you can throw money at anything, but of course that doesn't guarantee you success. So, uh, so uh, uh, you know, I think you're absolutely right. I think you have to appreciate what he's done. But I think within that, you, you can still run a club, you know, uh, uh, perfectly, but you have to understand, uh, you know, how to win it. And, and my issue is this. Look, I mean, we're talking here, you know, if you just bought the defensive midfield, this or that. My issue is that even if you gave Arsene Wenger limitless money to, to spend and he was willing to do that, which he's not, uh, I'm still not sure if he would buy the right players. You know what I mean? I, I just... You know, there's a softness in him that I think he can't overcome. You know, and sometimes in life it's too late. And maybe sometimes in life he's thinking, why should I change my entire philosophy right now? So, you know, I don't know if he's stubborn in doing that. I don't know if it's the belief in the players, which, by the way, as a player, I would certainly appreciate uh, to what he's doing. But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, he, he he's an interesting one. I would love to, you know, I would love to have a chat with him one-on-one and see. I had once, but, you know, at the time he was... Uh, he was in a winning position and winning everything. So, I mean, he knows how to do it. It just, uh, he's not willing to do it right, uh, again. And I, I just don't think he identifies players as well as he did once. Okay. That's, uh, that's fair enough. Again, I mean, it, uh, it, it's, it's somehow it's, it seems easy and trite to say that times have passed him by, but that may be the, the, the flat case here with Arsene Wenger. And, uh, you know, the last, ruthlessness. Uh, just last word. I mean, he, he is lacking that ruthlessness. And I think that part of it is just, he doesn't want that. You know what I mean? Right. He doesn't want right. what he, what Which, you've said, uh, before, right. uh, that others do. Which is why I'm conflicted about how right. critical I want to be of Arsene Wenger, because I don't want to imply that Arsene Wenger should be, as you said, some, some ruthless individual out only for, you know, uh, win at all costs, uh, treat people poorly, not have the, the soul, again, the soul of Arsenal changes the minute Arsene Wenger leaves and Jason, they replace and, and him. Stick with that. There's not enough. Look, I mean, you know, supporters will say, I mean, they just want to win. You know, they'll support the club, but stick with it because I think it would be totally unfair, you know, uh, 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 to, to dismiss Arsene Wenger and what he's done because you're absolutely right. I mean, the other side could be, uh, it could be just as bad or, or a lot worse. So I think if you stick with it, the history will prove that Arsene Wenger, uh, was a very, very good manager. Mm. Um, and, 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 all right. So, so we spent a lot of time on Arsenal here. Uh, I'm actually running out of time with you, but let's just, let's just, uh, you know, go to Barcelona. One thing that I've, I've read and, and look, they're, they're on the march. They seem destined, uh, to, to obviously they're going to win La Liga. We expect them to be, uh, all the way down to the final, if not to win this competition. And really, uh, those teams that are, uh, capable of beating them are certainly a step behind these days. We, we know what MSN is capable of. Uh, it, it's all going great for, uh, for Barcelona. I think they're still uh, live in the Copa del Rey, so they have a, a treble possibility here. And I'm reading this morning in an article about Neymar not leaving and Neymar saying he's happy at Barcelona. I'm reading that they may have a, an issue next year when, uh, there are bonuses guaranteed to the players for a treble. 
um, that it goes beyond the, the budgeted money that they have, and then there's a, a debt-to-ratio problem that will trigger a board resignation. I mean, are we ultimately going to see some sort of financial reckoning at, at, a, at, a, at a club like Barcelona, which we don't expect to ever have these issues? Uh, I didn't see that, but no, I mean, I think, you know, winning solves a lot of the problems. I think it may be, you know, uh, if they do, I mean, they'll find the money. I mean, you know, the, the way they're playing, they're looking for a new sponsor, I suppose, and the shirt, right? I mean, you know, the stadium and all that. Uh, you know, when you have a club like this that, 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 that's doing w- what they're doing, and, and it's incredible, but it just quickly, because I think they're impressive since, you know, uh, since the first leg against Arsenal, uh, uh, you know, they scored 17 goals in that one. They're 37 games unbeaten, uh, uh, right? And, and 103 goals for MSN. I mean, that is just absolutely unbelievable. So look, if they win the treble, there'll be, there'll be plenty of money. You know, money makes money as you know it, right? And, and I think that's not going to be an issue here. That's just someone looking for a hole in the wall, in my opinion, without knowing too much because I did yeah. not read that. Well, okay. I, I, and I don't want to really, I'm not trying to blindside you with this, Janice. It, it just, no, no, that's all right. It just, it just, just is sort of the reality of of where we are. I mean, even uh, again, I mean, I expect more Barcelona to chug along and be fine, like you do. But but there are there are these individual moments. I mean, we, we know Real Madrid has taken on massive amounts of debt, borrowed you know millions and millions of euros from the government of Spain, is potentially in default on tax payments and all of that stuff. And and you just wonder if one day some of this stuff is going to come to a head or if it if if because it's the because it's Barcelona because it's well, Real Madrid they're going I to just I think it can I think it can Jason sorry for interrupting no, go ahead. I absolutely think it can you know that's why you have to you know appreciate what 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 Arsenal are doing in terms of uh, being fiscally responsible because you know just imagine you know a couple bad years from Barcelona and it will happen it happens to everyone right it's happened to them in the past and and you know so when you take in uh, those sort of salaries when you want the best and the bonuses and and the debt that they all have really and Spain is a lot different and uh uh, well said by you to point out, you know, what happens in La Liga and clubs like Real Madrid where the government gives them the, where the no, you know, no bank is going to refuse a loan for the most part, uh, to, to the likes of Real Madrid and Barcelona. It can come to a head. So I think they need to be very, very careful. I don't want to dismiss what you've said and I trust it, it, it's right, but it, it can definitely come to a head. So mm. it, it's one thing's winning and, you know, money making money, as I've said, yeah. but you still have to run a proper business. So. Well, so it, it, I would definitely it, it, look into that. Look at me. Look at me. Bring this all the way back around, Yanish. This is this is part of the reason why clubs like this are going to be attracted to a Super League, isn't it? Yeah, well, exactly. You know, and, and you know, I don't want to go there because you know, <laughs> I know that time is of time is of essence right now. But you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's going to happen. Just a question of what. Yeah. And remember. You and I started this mess. You know, the salary cap in Europe is going to be a thing and it's going to come. Uh, when, I don't know, but it's going to happen. The owners are going to be smart enough. They're going to look elsewhere. Uh, actually, you know, look here to the United States and eventually they'll find a way. There you go. Yanis Mihalik joining us. Fantastic chat as always. Yanis, I appreciate the time. Wish we, wish we had more time. Uh, make sure you're following Yanis on Twitter. If you just type in his first name, J-A-N-U-Z-S-Z, you'll probably find him right there. Yanis, thank you so much. Thank you, Jason. Always right. a pleasure. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We will open up the phone lines and talk to you, and maybe I'll throw in some of that, some of those details I read about Barcelona. I'm no expert, but it's right here in this article. It's Soccer Morning. It's on Backhill.com, and we will be right back.
Welcome to Soccer Morning. Here's your host, Jason Davis. Here we go back on Soccer Morning. Somehow I got pulled into a Twitter argument about the best athletes playing soccer again. Why has this happened? Ah, basketball people. Look, I'm sure that, yeah, I'm sure he is a good guy, and I'm sure he, maybe he's even a soccer fan, but Ryan Jones, (laughs) Ryan Jones, the Farmer Jones, if you're a a basketball person, you might know him. Uh, Ryan Jones, who writes on on basketball for Slam Magazine and other places. We're getting into the whole, uh, if America's best athletes played soccer, bull crap thing. I'm not doing that today. Maybe I'll do it on Sirius XM, but I'm not doing that here. Here, we're taking your phone calls at 646-832-3909. If you do want to talk about what if America's best athletes played soccer, fine. We will deconstruct that argument. We will will tear it down, and we will find out why it's wrong. And then we'll put it back together and send it on on his merry way. All right, so some of the details here. From this thing I referenced, and I did spring it on Janis Mihalik, and I, and I apologize for that. But it just did interest me. Okay, so in a, in a story that begins by Dermot Corrigan, fantastic writer on La Liga, at ESPNFC, in a story that begins about, uh, Neymar. It's about Neymar staying at Barcelona. He's got two years on his contract. He's very happy there. He's playing with the best players in the world, et cetera, and so forth. There comes at, towards the end, um, some interesting, details about the state of Barcelona's finances. Here you go. This is what I was referring to. However, success in all three competitions, Champions League, La Liga, Copa del Rey, could bring further financial pressure for the Barca board, with Marca claiming this would mean an extra 80 million euros in bonuses to be shared among the squad, with the club reportedly having budgeted for just 25 million euros. This could be an issue for the board, given the club's debt-to-income ratio is already close to the 2.75% cutoff uh, point at which the board would be bound to resign, according to its own statutes. Next season, the cutoff point will drop further to 2.5. So 2.5 debt-to-income ratio. Important here. There are also concerns about the ongoing commercial relationship with Qatar, giving the kit sponsorship deal with Qatar, uh, Qatar Airlines, Qatar, Qatar, whatever, which ends this June, has to be renewed, has yet to be renewed. So they don't have their shirt sponsor deal renewed yet. Further money also must be raised for the 600 million euro redevelopment of the camp now. The, the club also announced its chosen redesign for the stadium in early month, in early month of March, March. Well, let me slow down. The club announced its chosen design for the stadium in early March, but as yet, no details on how it, how it will be funded have been made public. Money for new contracts sought by other stars, including Sergio Busquets, must also be found. So they have payroll issues. They have debt issues. They have stadium funding issues. They have sponsorship issues. Now, I imagine they'll find a shirt sponsor, but will that also be on the same level as the Qatari Airlines deal? I don't, I don't know. I mean, th- this is, this is, I, it's not, di- I'm not saying it's dire at Barcelona, but ev- eventually all this stuff, it, it's, it's something of a house of cards in some way, in some ways. I mean, you know, I'm sure revenue is significant, but if you're outspending revenue by two, you know, if your debt is two and a half times, 2.75 times your, your income, that's going to cause problems. All right. Also on Twitter right now, I don't know why I'm just giving you Twitter updates, uh, soccer 
soccer Twitter updates. But there's also a discussion happening about about education um, in MLS for young developing players, courtesy of Phil Shane, who has shared um, the item that the the Manchester United American signing, yes, Manchester United has signed an American player, Red Bull Academy player Matt Olasunde. Olasunde has uh, negotiated a deal where he gets to take Oxford University online classes after his move to Manchester United. And Phil Shane is saying, well, why isn't this a thing that we do here to kind of push the NCAA requirement out of the process uh, or, or NCAA's influence on American players out of the process? And I think some teams are doing this. And I think it's a little bit more complicated than just everybody should put make online courses available. I mean, different schools, different criteria, different, you know, if you're a young player who also happens to be a good student, are you going to be happy with with online classes at Southern New Hampshire University, which is what uh, the, the partnership that MLS has, has, uh, has created to help players get classes? Uh, are you going to, if you're an LA Galaxy uh, Academy player and you're also a good student uh, and you have other interests outside of soccer, are you going to be happy taking classes at Cal State Dominguez Hills? I, I don't know. I mean, that's, it's, it's individual. That's an individual thing. And I think that, that, that maybe in this culture, and I'm not, this is not necessarily holding American culture up to, to be better, but I do think that maybe in this culture, especially in relation to our emphasis on soccer, that kids come out of that high school period thinking, you know, I can play soccer, or I want to play soccer, but I also want to go to Stanford. I think of one individual who followed that path. Now, Eventually, Jordan Morris did leave Stanford early. He didn't use all of his eligibility, but he is an example of a of a kid who could have signed uh, immediately out of out of his high school years to the senior team with the Seattle Sounders and chose not to. Chose to go to Stanford instead because of the educational opportunities that that place provided him. And this is also a function of the uh, socioeconomic element of, of so- the sexual economic character of soccer in the, in the United States. This is also a function of the fact that American soccer tends to be very white, very suburban, and very affluent. So when you have affluent kids, even the best athletes, the best uh, soccer players coming out of high school, what do they want to do? They want to go to college. Their parents have the money to send them to college, or they're working on a scholarship. It's not just affluence that matters. It's... It, it, Look, every and and a lot of kids want to go to college. They can't, but you are more likely to push for that college experience if your family has a history of college, if your family can pay for college, if you're a kid who comes from a uh, a home that that doesn't have the ability to pay for school or hasn't prioritized college because well we don't know if we can pay for it. Then when you get to the point of signing a, a professional contract or going to school, you might sign the professional contract. For those kids, the opportunity to go to Cal State Dominguez Hills or to take online classes at Southern New Hampshire State University, it's fantastic. But MLS has an issue, or American soccer has an issue, if you want to call it that, if you want to raise it to a level of, of problem, that not all of these kids are going to want to choose that path. All right. Uh, Slick Rick says salary cap in Europe. Could it be possible that those saying the MLS is recruiting soccer could be recreating soccer could be breaking future grounds? Not exactly sure what that means, Slick Rick, but, uh, I don't think MLS is re- re- recreating anything. 
Uh, and, and I don't know that a salary cap is coming to the biggest clubs in Europe anytime soon. Uh, what we may see is, in my opinion, what, what might be what might be more likely, I'm not saying this is definitely going to happen, what might be more likely is that the biggest clubs in Europe pull out of their domestic competitions, form a, a European Super League, and then those domestic competitions forced to, forced to watch themselves financially, forced to guard against insolvency, forced to be careful about spending, institute a salary cap in those individuals. Now, that, that, again, this, this so fundamentally changed the character of European football that I, 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 I don't even really want to go down this road. Uh, but it is out there. 646-832-3909. It's, what is today? Wednesday? You guys usually call me on Wednesday, don't you? Are the phone lines working? Check. Is this thing on? All right. So we've got Barcelona and their financial situation. We obviously touched on this educational thing. I don't know if you want to talk about the whole best athlete argument, but it's out there. I mentioned this on SiriusXM the other day. I'm going to go diving into this a little bit more later on today. Uh, but I'll mention it here as well. Guilt Edge Soccer Marketing. Uh, a soccer marketing firm based in Chicago, I believe, has um, has uh, announced their list of the top 30 American soccer markets. They have done an, a market analysis based on people playing, watching, attending, conversing, and searching soccer in these particular cities. So let me go through this list. Uh, well, we could do 30 to 1, I suppose. It's 30 is a lot. Uh, there's some surprises here, I think, for, that that people would be like, what, 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 who? Albuquerque at number 30. I think that might surprise some people. Phoenix, number 29. Kansas City, 28, the first MLS uh, market on the top 30. Orlando, Orlando, Daytona, Melbourne. So that's the Central Florida region, number 27. Atlanta, number 26. MLS coming to Atlanta. MLS, uh, or Atlanta having a having previously been an NASL town. But again, this is about more than professional. This is about the, the number of people playing, kids, adults, everyone. This is about um, the people who watch, uh, how many people watch soccer on television in these markets. So uh, consider that. Tucson, number 25. So two, two Arizona cities on the top 30. Sacramento, Stockton, Modesto at number 24. Uh, that's an argument for, for Sacramento and Sacramento Republic to say, hey, We've got to get ourselves um, into MLS, or we deserve a shot because look, look at how good our market is. At least according to Guild Edge Soccer Marketing, Las Vegas at number twenty-three, Philadelphia at number twenty-two, Austin at number twenty-one. And I think it's interesting to consider too. Remember, if, again, because it's not just about the professional um, uh, presence in the cities, men's, women's soccer. That sometimes you, you, I mean, what's clear here is you can have a great soccer market. Or what? At least what one out uh, one outfit one firm believes a great soccer market, and it not necessarily translate into professional soccer support. I mean, Philadelphia is a big town, a big market that gets overlooked a lot of times. They've got a team; their 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 support is wavering, and that's because the team's not run well and they're not winning games. And that's not a reflection of of, of Philadelphia as a soccer market. It still remains a strong soccer market. It just is not right now in love with its professional men's soccer team. Did I say Austin at number twenty one? Number twenty, Boston. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised that's not a little bit higher. And I, let me just. Uh, 
remind everyone that Trevor Hayward maintains that if they put a, a stadium in the actual city of Boston, Massachusetts, we would have an East Coast Portland on our hands. And I, I, I actually don't disagree at all. I think that's probably very likely. Raleigh Durham at number 19. Raleigh Durham home to the Carolina Railhawks, I believe, right? That's where they're based. Is that true? Do I have that right? I don't want to. When you call yourself the, you know, Carolina, which isn't even a place, there is no, there is no one place called Carolina. There's North Carolina. There's South Carolina. Is Carrie is Carrie outside of Charlotte or Raleigh Durham? I think it's outside of Charlotte. I think I misspoke. My apologies. Okay, no, it is. It's outside of Raleigh. Oh, okay, good. All right, I know what I'm talking about here. So you have the Carolina Railhawks in that particular market, uh, Raleigh Durham, North Carolina. Bakersfield, California at 18. Anybody surprised by that? I mean, I don't think anybody, again, this might not just be, it might not be about size necessarily. These things are relative. Bakersfield, California, not a place that a lot of people think of independently as an independent part of, you know, here's, it's not like people think of Bakersfield as a market. They think of Bakersfield as part of Southern California. And if you're part of Southern California, you get lumped in with, with Los Angeles, obviously. But Bakersfield, a ways up the road from Los Angeles, I think. Not not exactly. I don't know how close it is. I don't know the geography that well. The city itself is, you know, 140,000 people. The population of the of the region. Oh, sorry. 340,000 people in the city. The population of the region, the metro area, is, is 840,000 people. It's fairly significant. Not quite a million. Uh, so Bakersfield, California at number 18. Portland makes it in at number 17. Fresno, California at number 16. So another California. And number 15, San Francisco. Although they lump San Jose in, that, that urban conglomeration, San Francisco, San Jose, Oakland. Let's go to the phone lines before I get the rest of this. Patrick, uh, you're on the air. What's up, man? Hey, how are you doing today, Jason? I am doing okay. All right, that's good. Um, I, I do not know if you covered this in the rundown of your show, but I missed that part. But um, uh, last night or last week, it's been sort of ambiguous. But uh, NGSN, which I apologize, I don't know what it stands for, which is probably bad because I was paying for them. But um, they were an online sort of service that was providing people access uh, to some foreign leagues that were not. Um, very well distributed in the United States, a little harder to access for, you know, like about 10 bucks a month or so. So this would be the Argentina Premier Division, okay. uh, Japan, J League, Korea, the K League, which, um, I use this service primarily because I have interest in uh, Japan and Korea because some family ties there. Um, but anyway, for whatever reason, the past week, they almost seem to have shut down out of nowhere. Uh-huh. And then yesterday, they finally seemed to get some sort of statement uh, that they were restructuring or something like that to relaunch in the summer, um, which really sucks because now, you know, there's really no way people uh, like me to watch some of these leagues that just don't have any other access um, in the United States. Yeah, um, you know, um, anyway, 
Well, Patrick, it's, it's sure. interesting that you bring this up in the light of the the, the, the brief conversation I had with Yannis Mahalik about there being so much soccer and and and, and us reaching the yeah. saturation point in the United States. What it, what's fascinating is that even if I think that that oh, there's so much soccer on TV, and if you pay just a couple more bucks a month, you can get you know you can get uh, England and Germany and Spain and Italy and uh, I think there's I don't know if there's a Dutch outlet these days, but obviously MLS and and uh, and the Mexican league and and certain uh, you know uh, if you get the international package, you get certainly certain leagues out of South America and so and so and so all that stuff. At the same time, there are people like you who are looking for leagues that are not available readily in the United States who go and look for. Things like NGSN, which I was not aware of. I never heard of them in my life. I, I remember the days of going to Roja Directa for streams and other things like that in the past. I haven't had to do that in a long time. Um, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm missing something about the culture, but I thought we had sort of started to move along from that. Um, but this look. These leagues and these right, the people who do hold to hold the rights in the United States, whether they are broadcasting the games or not, have a right to shut these things down if they if they decide that they're outside the law. No, yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, it's just uh, uh, well, this was they, they, this uh, NGSN they did have uh, technically have the online streaming rights for all these leagues, which uh, was especially was helpful. In the case of some leagues from Asia, uh, which. Obviously, no one wants to get up in the middle of the night if they want to follow those leagues. But uh, that, that was the point I was trying to get at. You know, it's, is there some value in, you know, despite the fact that there is so much soccer out there, there's still value in some of these other leagues, you know, that obviously aren't going to have a huge following in the United States or abroad. But, you know, just making sure people have access to these leagues is, is that important. Uh, one of the things that I've seen Grant Wall throw around on Twitter every now and again is that FIFA should launch its own channel or online service or something in order to get like, you know, the World Cup qualifiers for Africa or Asia that people just aren't going to be able yeah. to see anywhere or yeah. stuff like that. But, you know, maybe that's something FIFA can do to help save face. Say, hey, we're putting this out there for the good of the game. But, you know, is, is that really any good for, you know, people outside of, the two or three guys that are really interested in okay. like yeah, yeah. You know, uh, outside uh, of a domestic league. Yeah, so 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 what I'm learning here, thanks for the, the information, Patrick. What I'm learning is NGSN is totally legit or, or mostly, as far mm -hmm. as you know, yeah. legit, um, holds those yeah. streaming rights and was was charging for their service, right? Yes. Okay. It was about I think it was nine dollars a month. Okay. All right. Um and, and they're, 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 that's you know, that's uh it's unfortunate that they went down. I mean, I'm looking at the, the list of, of leagues that they had. It's it's pretty uh it's pretty Pretty strong, uh, Eredivisie, Indian, yep. Indian Super League, which would be interesting to watch. Argentina Primera Division, as you mentioned, J League, K League, Portugal, Portuguese Cup, uh, the Swedish League, Bolivia, Chile, Ecuador, Russian Premier League, Russian Super Cup, and the Venezuela League. All right. So, well, I don't keep an eye on this. And, and obviously, if you were, uh, if your access to the leagues you want to see was, um, was halted by NGSN going down for a while and, <clears throat> Talking about this relaunch, then I uh, I feel for you. Sorry, Patrick. Yeah, it, it was just a bit of a personal bummer for me because the leagues in Japan and Korea just basically got underway, and uh, those, those are leagues I, I enjoy to follow. But there's really not much I can do now outside of 
getting some ludicrous package with well, a cable well, provider yeah. I don't have to get the one I understand. that does have those. I, I, so, I understand. Yeah. Um, yeah, certainly that's, that's when, when the, when the only outlet of that, that provides streams or, or access to those leagues goes down, that's a problem. Uh, if NGSN is reorganizing and getting things together, maybe they, they'll provide a better service. I, I would say that maybe what they should do is, is advertise on, on Soccer Morning, but that's just me. I mean, I, this is an idea <laughs> out there. Pa- Patrick, you got anything else before I let you go? I don't know if that's it for today, dude. All right, man. Appreciate the call. There goes uh, Patrick. All right, thank you. Talking about NGSN. All right, let's get back to this list here. I want to run, make sure I run through all of these before we wrap up this edition of Soccer Morning. I think I got up to San Francisco at number 15. Uh, San Francisco, San Jose, Oakland. So you have a, an MLS team there in San Jose, an NESL team launching in San Francisco, the SF Deltas. Uh, number 14, Salt Lake City makes this list. San, Salt Lake City, Ogden, Provo. Uh, they've proven to be big soccer fans uh, in, in Utah, at least through the prism of RSL. And I imagine there's quite a, a, a community of people who play in that area as well. Number 13, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Hollywood, Florida. On the list, uh, we'll see what, whether or not they, they've got at least one professional team starting for sure in Miami FC. And here's, uh, what's interesting. I saw a report. I saw a link this morning. I gotta find it because I think I did favorite it, but it wasn't working. It was typed wrong on, twi- on Twitter that said that the, um, the land acquisition process for David Beckham and his group in Miami is on hold because of a lien on one of the properties. So that's not good. That obviously slows things down. Chicago at number 12. Um, you know, I would like to explore Chicago more as a soccer town. I got a chance to go to Chicago for the first time for a couple of days, a couple of weeks ago. Doesn't make me an expert by any stretch, but what I saw was interesting in the, in the middle of March or the beginning of March. It was, um, it was obviously a place that, that is, international cosmopolitan clearly likes the game how it expresses that that passion um it, it being the third largest city in our country i think is very interesting san antonio at number 11 it's a strong appearance there number 10 mcallen brownsville harlingen texas now if i'm not mistaken that's right down there on the border right so i don't know much about mcallen brownsville harlingen texas but clearly that uh, that to me sounds like a place where you have an, uh, that mix of American and Mexican uh, cultures, and perhaps that feeds a lot of that soccer that's happening down there. San Diego, number nine. San Diego regularly performs extremely well with television ratings. Uh, I've heard there are some people who will tell you that that's a uh, that that San Diego is a is a town that um, that has bought into Club Tijuana and what they're doing down in uh, Mexico just across the border. There are other people who tell you there's plenty of room for San Diego to have an MLS team and support an MLS team. We may find out one day, although I'm not aware of any particular group putting together a um, a bid to get into MLS in San Diego right now. El Paso at number eight. So another Texas market. Texas well represented on this uh, on this list. Uh, well, a couple of places anyways. Oh, yeah, that's uh, San Antonio. McAllen, El Paso, uh, number seven, Denver, uh, Denver Boulder making the list. I'm a little surprised by that, but uh, I know that there's a large uh, Mexican-American community in Denver, so maybe that's driving a lot of that. Seattle, Tacoma at number six. I don't think there's any surprise they make the top ten. New York at number five, um, biggest uh, market in the country. Obviously, a lot of passionate soccer fans. Disparate, spread out, maybe not by location, but certainly in, in, in interest. The kind, of, the kind of a range of different people who are into soccer in very different ways from one end to the other. Number four, Washington, D.C. Number three, Dallas. 
Fort Worth, Texas. So another Texas rep. Number two, Houston Galveston, another Texas uh, market. And number one, Los Angeles, California. So L.A. shows up at number uh, number one. I don't think there's any argument there. Um, obviously, a huge town with uh, people from all over the world. Uh, many different cultures represented, not just the Latino community, but uh, Europeans, Eastern Europeans, Central Euro- uh, Central Asian, you know, people from from the from all over the world. Sorry, uh, let me just spit that out there. And obviously, lots of kids playing soccer in Southern California. Um, uh, one one major MLS team with another one coming in. Uh, huge sellout crowds for for Mexico every time they play there. Um, for any real big international game, you're going to get a sellout in, uh, in in L.A. All right. So last call for phone call, 646-832-3909. I, I have to dive back into this conversation on Twitter about the best athlete thing. Okay. All right. So it's out there. I, I don't... I, I'm, I'm see this is the thing I get ta- I, now I made a mistake okay I retweeted first of all my friend Elliot wrote a piece at the Guardian on on this why can't the United States develop a soccer star uh, so I and I haven't read the piece and I'm sure Elliot's an excellent writer he knows soccer he researches better than than most reporters out there I'm gonna go find out what he's writing about but then this became the argument. That the best athlete, best athletes don't play. That's why. Too long didn't read was the response from from uh, Ryan Jones, which led to this discussion. Anyway, let's um let's talk to Ethan in Fargo before we get out of here. What's up, Ethan? Hey, Jason. How's it going today? Um, I don't know yet. It's still early. Things could go either way, Ethan. Let's just say that. Oh, very good. <laughs> See, uh, I just wanted to ask, and and you know, it's probably a better question uh, if maybe if you had Tannenwald on the show, but. Um, do online streaming uh, numbers get included in the TV ratings? You know, specifically, you look at MLS and kind of the emerging soccer demographic. You've got younger millennials, you know, tech-savvy people who are primarily watching online. You know, I'm a cord cutter. I don't have any kind of cable or satellite subscription, so I catch, you know, streams and streaming services to watch uh, most of my games. So does that stuff get included in those TV ratings? I do not want to speak uh, out of turn, but I don't think so. Um, I, I think that okay. I, I think that in general, um, the industry is still trying to figure out how to process all of these new ways to watch stuff. Um, I think sure, sure. you know I was just reading. I came across something randomly on the internet was talking about Netflix, and um, you know there was all of this discussion about uh, about Netflix and and their the the proprietary content that they're creating now and. You know, the, even the people who make the shows that end up on Netflix or, or, or Hulu or, or Amazon don't necessarily know how many people are watching their stuff. Like sometimes they're not being, t- because for Netflix, I mean, they, they may know, they may know that there's 4.5 million people watching House of Cards, but for them, that's not really the, the point in the same way that it, it would be for a, a, a conventional television outlet. So I, I, I think that, certainly sports and the streaming elements there those numbers get reported i mean we we hear about espn uh, espn three numbers all the time um i don't know i mean mls has been trumpeting how many mls live subscriptions they, they've sold and and clearly there's a for them the digital side of things is a driver of interest and they have a very young 
tech savvy fan base that is turning more and more to those 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 uh, ways of watching the league and is turning away from uh, from conventional television uh, like you. I just don't know. I really, I really don't know. We'll talk. We can talk to Tannenwald. We can, we can dive into that. I, I, I just think that maybe, yeah, maybe we can ask him. I think that maybe next time he's around. Maybe in general, you know, it, it remains true whether or not they're they're counting it or it's getting reported or people care. It's certainly true that your broadcast television numbers are still overwhelmingly more important to the way people view the league and how much money comes in from advertisers and broadcast partners. Sure. Sure. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one last thing. I just have a quick little beef, uh, you know, talking about online streaming, Fox soccer to go. You want to watch some champions league. It's great that they have the games. There's no, like, uh, they don't have the score up on the screen. There's like, just the production value is, is not yeah, existing. It's kind I, of frustrating I, when you pay this money. Man, you know, I, specifically, I was watching CONCACAF Champions League. They just had the raw feet. They didn't even have an announcer. They had nothing. The, you, you were watching so this on... Soccer, yeah. You're yeah. listening. Get I, on that. Are those games, weren't those games available for free through the CONCACAF website? Did they stop, stop doing that? Because I think that's the... I haven't... I haven't seen that recently. Okay, um, they may the have last stopped. Time I tried. That. I think they were region locked. Okay, like, they, I was, they, you know, right. I didn't have my VPN going or anything. Okay, so well, hey, look, and, like, uh, if, they if, wouldn't let me watch. If, them, if Fox so. is paying, if Fox is paying for the rights, then that, it makes sense that you would be region locked on on watching it on on Concacaf's website. I, I was just asking um, because I know from experience sure. watching that broadcast, that version of the broadcast, that Concacaf used to have their own announcer, right? Their own bro- their own play by play guy who always butchered. He was some some right. some Brit who always butchered names. And they never, you're right, they never, they never had a score bug and a clock. Now, it, if you want to be, you know, if you, <laughs> if I wanted to be difficult, I could say, well, that's how they watched, that's how they watched soccer in 1986. Just deal with it. But yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> give us, give us something to go with here, right? Right, right. I mean, for me, you know, I'm paying 20 bucks a month. That's, that's not, you know, no, small that's, potatoes. That's actually so pretty significant. You at least have a score yeah. bug and, and some time on there. That's, so. that's pretty significant. I think, actually, and this is why I don't have a Fox Soccer to Go subscription. I just can't. I mean, I could, you know, it, this being my job, I'm sure I could even, you know, put it on my taxes or whatever. But I I, I don't want to spend 20 bucks a month on, a, on something I hear doesn't work all the time. So uh, let's hope that that gets better. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I go back and forth. I cancel in the summer and then pick it back up when. I want the Champions League. Okay, and, uh, that makes sense. Know, CCL, all, all that right. good stuff. So. I appreciate the call, Ethan. Thanks a lot, man. All right, thanks all so right. much. Have a great day. Bye-bye. There it goes. I love that we got somebody listening in Fargo. That's great. All right, that's going to do it for Soccer Morning on a Wednesday. Again, Champions League today. We'll cover that tomorrow. Uh, there's always other things happening. This FIFA nonsense continues to roll on. Again, thanks to Yash Mahalik for joining us today and talking through the Champions League, uh, Arsenal, Barcelona, all of those uh, stories. We will um, we'll take our leave. Anything else? Trevor? Anything? No? All right. In that case, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you guys. I will. Tomorrow. Follow us on Twitter at Soccer Morning. If you want to be part of this discussion about the best athletes playing soccer, I'm more than happy to pull you in. You can take over from me. I'll talk to you guys. Bye.